0: You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Intercession is a legal term, meaning to approach the king on behalf of someone who has no standing. And so... That is us spiritually, we're approaching the Father on behalf of others who are not currently born again, are not in covenant, and have no standing with God. Uh, remember, uh, Job even said, he said, you know, I have no daisman. I don't have a go between. I don't have someone to put one hand on you and one hand on me and pull us together. And then we see Jesus in the new Testament, especially in the epistles. It shows us what went on behind the scene. It says he ever lives to make intercession. He's seated at the right hand of God in one of his priestly duties, besides being in the order of Melchizedek over your tithe, besides being the high priest of your confession or your profession, he is a high priest who ever lives to make intercession. He's praying. He he's do, Jesus is doing something on behalf of humanity. So, well, it's already been done. He's done that. Well, he's still praying, and, and it's our job to also pick that up because with that, he the Bible talks about how he's given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. I know everybody wants to know who's an apostle, who's a prophet, who's an evangelist, who's a pastor teacher, the fivefold ministry. But listen, everybody in the body of Christ is a minister. Well, I lost half of you even on Wednesday night. I don't want to be no minister. You are. Too bad. You are a minister of reconciliation. You are a minister, and you've been given a word of reconciliation. And you've been given a place. Now, listen, you are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And so uh, I believe part of that seating calls you to pick up the heart that Jesus came. uh, He came to seek and save that which is lost. Sometimes when you're in church too long, sometimes when you're in church too long, the important things that are most important to God get pushed aside. Now, we have to watch, especially in our circle of kind of church, listen to me, whenever there's criticism, sometimes you've got to look at it and make sure it doesn't apply. Or if it does apply, you've got to make an adjustment. Sometimes when you hear the word about you, about you, about you, about you, it becomes all about you, about you, about you. And you got to be careful that it's not all about you, about you, about you. There is a world that is going to hell. And you used to live in a Christian nation. So I believe it is a Christian nation. Well, the statistics say you're wrong. And so people, I remember when somebody said that who was very important, said this is not just a Christian nation. Well, uh, I don't, you know, people can get mad if you want, but the statistics have are, I believe, are true and they've got to change. And you and I have the ability to do that. Now, you know, um, it's important. How many of you know, uh, in Acts chapter 2, y'all, everybody good? Acts chapter 2, remember when Jesus said, now y'all wait in Jerusalem till you get filled with the Holy Ghost. So you would be my witness. Witness of what? you got to go talk about the resurrection because the resurrection is what gets people born again. Amen. And he said, first, Jerusalem and Judea. So, first, Jerusalem. Well, if you had, you know, 100 acres of farm, Jerusalem is, the, you know, the first 20. And so um, then most people, um, they, they, you know, when it comes to spiritual things, they deal with what's around close to them. And that's good. Then Judea. Well, that's larger. So maybe that's the next 30. And then this Samaria. Well, that's too far to go to. I don't want to go to Samaria. Besides, I don't like those people. And really, if you said the word of God, Jewish people did not like Samaritan people. Matter of fact, they called them half-breeds. And so they weren't nice. They weren't nice. And, and what did God say? As soon as you get filled with the Holy Ghost, they're going to look good to you because they're a part of you. And then he said, go to the uttermost. Not only did they not like the Samaritans, they really didn't like anybody else. The uttermost parts means those Romans who beat some of you. I'm going Okay, so don't get stuck in Jerusalem. Now, sometimes there's churches like ours where um, I just have always had that. Pastor Rhonda was a missionary. We've always had the uttermost. Some people have accused us differently. They're like, you're so much concerned about the uttermost that you forget about Jerusalem. Well, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Can you? Amen. And yet, I sense the heart of the Lord really, um, I think he's even doing us a favor of where we live. I believe he's bringing the uttermost right to us. Hallelujah. I keep praying. I've been praying it for a year, but I've really been praying it strong. I'm um, getting even really specific about where, you know, people moving here from, they think they're going to move here for a job if they can find a house, they're, they're going to move here for a job, but the Lord's going to move them here because they're they're he not we're not the only one. He He has raised up churches and places where they're going to come to know the Lord. They're going to come back to the Lord here. They're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to get filled with the word of God. They're going to get discipled and they may just be on a stopover. They, you know, they, may, you know, you never know. But my point is this, the the intercession has to do with the harvest. Even Jesus said, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. We know he prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus, but Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. He said, pray that he could send laborers into the harvest field. Because if the harvest was ripe back then, if it was ready back then, everybody shout "The the harvest is ready. Oh, they are ready. They may not know they're ready or think they're ready, but they're ready, they're ready, they're ready. Amen. And they're ready for harvest and we need to bring them in. And so what part of that do we have to play? Well, I'm a minister of reconciliation, so I need to go, but I believe it needs to start everything. I believe needs to start bathed in prayer and understanding what the will of the Lord is. Number one, second Peter three, 9. 2 Peter three, nine says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but he's long suffering to us not willing that any not willing that any Republican, any independent, or any Democrat perish. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. It's hard to tell what'll come out. But he is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any should perish. You and I as believers, our first most thought is anytime we deal with someone, are they born again or are they not born again? Heaven or hell? Am I saying, well, you need to give up this and get, no, I'm just saying let's as believers, let's get things right. Let's get on God's side of things. And he's not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. All should come to repenting of what? Their rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only sin that the Lord, that the Holy Ghost deals with with an unbeliever. Y'all, sinners, sin. Some of you used to be one. Don't raise your hand. How many of you did it good? Don't raise your hand. I told you not to raise your hand. Well, if you're going to be one, you might as well be it big. Because being a little sinner and rejecting Jesus still sends you to hell. Yeah, right. I better clean that up. Um, <laughs> you may have to come hold my hand the whole service. Um, you know, my point is, as a believer from the kingdom of light, our call is to pull them out of kingdom of darkness. That's right. I was praying out today, Wednesday noon prayer. Um, it was like um, like training up, um, first responders on a rescue mission. I believe our church is going to, you know, like we're blessed around this area to have good first responders. And, uh, but we're going to be the first responders. Or it's almost like the military. When somebody's in trouble, we used to have a man, he's gone, he's gone home to be at the Lord. And he used to tell us this, and he never could tell us what he did. He said, if I And I don't think he was kidding. He said, if I tell you, I have to kill you. But anyway, he, I don't think he was kidding. And, and so uh, I really don't. And and he said this to me and one, uh, help me. Um, So, um, so I remember he told us, he's like, when you're in the nations, I'll come get you once. If you get in trouble, I can come get you one time. So he had some connections. And one time we were having him do a security detail. And Pastor Rhonda, she said, uh, she said, uh, you got a weapon? And he went, mm, I don't need one. And then we heard stories. Hallelujah. I'm glad he liked me. Hallelujah. And, but my point is, I believe spiritually though, just like that in the natural trained people, y'all from this area, we know military, but what is it? What is God trying to do with us as a church? He's trying to Train up a group of people that go on rescue missions right in our own city, right in our own backyard, right at your workplace, being trained for a rescue operation. You being trained, not you sending me and Pastor Rhonda, you being trained. I mean, we go. But we're shepherds. We take care of our sheep. But, but, but I just believe God's doing something big there. So what's the will of the Lord? His will is that none should perish. How many is none? He don't want anybody to perish, right? And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, be saved." All right, so we got to hurry. Hallelujah. Um, so uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's pick up here and let's see where we go. First um, Timothy, Timothy chapter 2. Paul's writing to Timothy, the pastor of the uh, Ephesians, Ephesus church. He said, I exhort that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks. So I want you to notice this, four types of prayers, four types of prayers. There's many kinds of prayers. Um, if you ever, if you went through Bible Institute, when I, pre, when I taught uh, on prayer, and I know Pastor Belinda does it as well, we go over the kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of supplication. There's the prayer of intercession. There's a, a, a praise and worship, the prayer of thanksgiving. Um, there's the prayer of agreement. There's united prayer, and there's prayer uh, praying in other tongues, which could incorporate a lot of them. So there's all kinds of prayer. And so every prayer has a different rule. It's like, um, we say it this way, is like you wouldn't play basketball. I know y'all mostly don't know nothing about basketball around here, but you do know about football. But you wouldn't play basketball with football rules, although it would look fun for a minute. Right? You, you have, every sport has rules and regulations. It's somewhat similar with prayer. Different prayer types are for different people in different situations. I've never taught it this way before, but I've been asking the Lord about this because I've been having to answer some ministers and some people about this scripture that they bring up to me right now. And, I have to, and I've said to them, well, you're wrong. But I didn't know why they were wrong. I still know they're wrong. But this is why I know they're wrong. Um, how many of you know what it goes on to say? That prayers, intercessions, giving a thanks, be made for all men. Now, what you're going to have to decide is whatever you're hearing from whoever, is, is it word-based? Is it scriptural? Is it got the rhythm of God behind it? Or when you hear it, does it cause you to be enraged and angry? Urgh. Because really here, we see that all these kind of prayers, giving and thanks be made for all men, but especially, then it has a, what is that? That's a semicolon. So the next part is attached. What is it? What is it? For, for kings, we don't have one of those. Pastor Rondo likes to look at all them people in England. I don't really like to have any. I don't, I don't understand. Anyway, for kings, for all, how many that are in authority? And so it's talking about natural authority and spiritual authority, because all means all. So, for authority, and that we may lead, how many want to lead a quiet and peaceable life? How many will live a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty? Because this is good and acceptable on the side of God our Savior. In other words, that's his will. Why? It's his will because that's what's going on in heaven. But down here where the devil is in charge and he's the God of this world, there's different things. Sometimes there are different kings. In the Old Testament, there were good kings and bad kings. The thing about kings is, is because it's a lion, you can get rid of one of them and get to the next one. The thing about uh, democracy and prime ministers and uh, blah, 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 and all the rest of the governments that are mostly in the world right now is that people elect them with their will. I told you this, um, I travel all over the world and I don't want to have to start going back and retracting, <laughs> retracting things I've taught them. Cause I'm not going to, cause it's the word I've gone to countries where 95% are of a persuasion that is against the 5% that are born again. So in the natural, they'll never have someone who believes like them. So all hope is lost for them. They should never pray. They should never expect the government to, something to happen. Because the word won't work for them. But see, the word works all the time. And so we do the word no matter what the circumstance or the situations are. Amen. Um, Because I want, this is where I want to get to. Verse four who will have how many men to be saved? How many? So is it the will of God for everyone to be born again? everywhere. Amen. And I didn't stop there and come to the knowledge of the truth. Not only born again, but discipled, not only born again, but discipled. And why I have asked him and asked him and asked him, why did he connect all this? For there's one God and a mediator between God, and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So it goes right from there to talking about Jesus, the intercessor, it goes from all this that men would be born again, talking about kings. And so, I want you to see something. I, I, I'm going to be real strong about it. who gave himself ransom for all to testify. To time, there are d- different countries, different seasons, different situations, so we can understand what I'm praying for. How many of you know? Hopefully, when you are all praying for me, you don't have to intercede. Amen. What does that mean? You don't have to stand in the gap for me because I'm a sinner. Because I'm not. <laughs> There are some political or government, let's not call them political, government figures that are not born again. Well, I'm not going to pray for them except for God save them. Well, that's part of it. But the truth of the matter is you're not just pay, you're not praying for a person. You're more praying for a seat. A seat. And how that seat works. People come. People go. But the word of God stands forever. And if we'll keep doing the word, we'll keep having the word. And so sometimes you can supplicate for some. What is supplication? Supplication is an energized, forceful prayer that you pray on behalf of someone who's born again. Um, Giving of thanks. I brought this up. My gosh, we're not going to get very far, but that's okay. Um, Giving of thanks. You know, like uh, if you got a diagnosis about your physical body that was bad, you wouldn't go around saying, well, God, I just thank you for sugar diabetes. I'm so grateful you gave it to me. So grateful for sugar. No, we wouldn't do that. Why? Because God didn't give it to you. But see, some people say, well, you're supposed to be, he said, you know, uh, uh, be thankful in all things and for all things. But that's not what he's talking about. Don't, you don't thank somebody. You know, if Ollie gave me $100, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't thank uh, LaJoyce. That's right. That's right. That might, that might make Ollie mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's never happened. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't thank Joyce. You know, I uh, I wouldn't go eat at Cracker Barrel and go pay my tip at Outback. So you don't thank God for stuff he didn't give. But he said here to do what? And giving of thanks. So how do you give thanks for something or someone that you don't agree with or you don't like or is not doing right? You do what the Bible says, and you give thanks for God intervening. You give thanks for uh, God's, uh, you're, uh, Lord, I'm doing what you said. And then I love, I read something by Billy Brim today. She said, what do you do? Well, thank God for us as spirit-filled people. We can pull up Romans chapter 8, and and we can begin to take that, and we can begin, to, if anybody in authority, we can pray what we need to know in the word, but then you can you can go into other tongues and pray out the perfect will of God for them, because you don't know everything, I don't know everything, and that's really how over the years we've done it around here. And so when you're done, though, you may not understand what you prayed, but the Holy Ghost helped you. And then you can even begin to declare and decree things that you don't even know because the Holy Ghost reveals them to you. Why are we talking about this? Why am I making a big deal about this? Well, I'm making a big deal about number one, because other people are making a big deal about it in the wrong way. But what I'm making a big deal about is I want to stay on mission. And our mission as the church, our first commandment is to go seek that which is lost and get them saved and then disciple them. It is the will of God that no one perish. And they will perish if they don't hear the good news. They will perish. You say, well, you know, they've heard it. There's no excuse. But see, there's no excuse on our part not to pray. And when we pray, then God sends forth labors. He thrusts labors into the harvest field. And so I want to just real quick, I'll never complain again about going to a prayer conference, teaching on prayer, and they don't pray because now I am one. Hallelujah. Um, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Y'all with me? Y'all good? Okay. No, let's go. Um, In the book of Acts, you see a pattern. You see a pattern of prayer power, prayer, the power comes, signs and wonders, and then you see people getting born again. So the prayer of intercession is not always groaning and travailing. The prayer of intercession is more encompassing than that, and there's other facets in it sometimes. But you can see in the book of Acts, because what is the prayer of intercession? The prayer of intercession ends up And people being born again, the backslidden coming home. It is us approaching the king on their behalf because I've never met a backslidden person or especially a lost person who cares anything about what's going on with God right now, even though they should. It takes an encounter. It takes someone showing them the goodness and the kindness and the love of God because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, right? And sometimes there's a few, the Bible says, sometimes you got to basically dangle them over hell. And, and there's a few of those. But most people you'll find will, re, will reply to the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of God. So we gotta, that's got to be on display. So the book of Acts, which is not a different church than we are, they're just the first of us. And so the first of us had the spirit of God poured out of them. But there's a pattern in the book of Acts that I have taught since I was in the, um, um, where Austin's furniture is on the side part. I'll never forget it. I was asking the Lord, how are we going to grow this thing? You got me here. We're in the side part of this building. Nobody's coming. And um, what are we going to do? What you going to do about this? How I'm here. What you going to do? What are you going to do? And so he sent me on a study of the book of Acts. And so he began to teach me some things. And he said, besides that, you'll preach it all over the world. Well, I had a little giggle on the inside. I can't get anybody to come to church here. How am I going to go preach on the inside? Where where in the world would I go? And yet I have preached this all over the world. I have preached this all over the world. And I determined that I'm going to stand before the Lord on judgment day and said, I did exactly what you told me to do. It's not up to me. See, I can't make this work. This is not a program. This is not something I can turn on, turn off. This is all up to him and you and me. But it starts, and that's why, you know, if you look on the DNA of our church, y'all looked on the DNA. I mean, we don't just put these things up to look cute out there. The DNA, one of the, part of the DNA of our church is prayer. Um, I, I, prayer is so valuable and important. That's why I get irritated when people say, uh, you know, I don't want you to pray for me or prayer, prayer doesn't do anything. Y'all need to do something besides pray. Well, when we pray, we talk to God. When we talk to God, God responds. So, yes, you want us to pray because the prayers of a righteous man make tremendous power available. And so, but I want you to see in the book of Acts, again, they prayed, the power came, signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles came, what happened? Then you see a massive influx of people getting born again or coming to the church. Prayer, power, people. Prayer, power, people. And so that's the pattern. And so, if it worked then, it'll work now. And it has always worked here, and it will continue to work here, and it'll work all over the world. So, I'm not against programs. I'm not against doing different things and all that kind of stuff. But, um, Acts chapter 2, verse, do I tell you where to go? Well, let's do this one first. Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Acts 2. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Acts 2. Forty-two, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. How I many know doctrine's good? No, it's good. It's the word. The word doctrine, fellowship. The Lord wants you to hang out. Koinonia. That's what it's called. The Lord, I was praying out today. Basically, we're going to get we're going to get back to koinonia around here. Hallelujah. Koinonia. Hallelujah. I won't tell you exactly what he said, but he said something very interesting. Fellowship, coined it, breaking of bread. Uh, that's a little, people think well, that's uh, eaten again, but it's not really. If you study it out, that's more partaking of the Lord's table, communion. And what's the last one? Prayers. prayers. And so when it, because it's plural, I also believe it's many kinds of prayers. Then what happened? And fear, a reverence came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and good and parted them to all men and every man, uh, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, that is eaten, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. With gladness, and st- there, was a, there was a purpose about them. There was a destiny on them. There was a, they had a goal. And they did. They did this. They had a singleness of heart, and they were praising God. They were praising God. And they were praising God. And as they praised God and they were having a singleness of heart and they were all in unity in one accord. And and they they were with the apostles and they heard the word. And they began to break bread with one another. And then they had the Lord's table together. and And they had communion with God and communion with everybody else. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. Then as they praised God, they had favor with all people. They had favor with all people. You and I, everywhere we go, we talk about favor for ourselves, but let's start believing God for favor with those that are not born again. Amen. Favor that somebody will listen to us, that, that they'll open their heart to us as we come, as we encounter them, that we'll have favor, that doors will open, that we can speak the word of God to them, that we can help them. And the Lord did what? He added daily that such that should be saved. He added daily, everybody say every day. Every day. So what does that mean? I, I believe we can, you can start believing what this is. So every day someone's getting born again around here. Amen. What does that mean? We only don't have church on Sunday and Wednesday. Well, they don't have to be in church to be born again. They got you. Amen. So they can be born again at work. They can be born again at Kroger. They can be born again at Walmart. Let's hit all the stores. They can be born at Publix. They can be all these. Wherever you go. I wish there was a piggly wiggly around here. I mean, I mean, everywhere you go. Glory to God. At work. While your children are, are, are what, what sport are we in right now? I think we're in a break. Baseball. While, while at the football field. Wherever you are, you have favor with men and women. You have favor with everyone you come in contact with. They want to hear what you've got to say. You have favor with them. You have favor. Is that, and the Lord added to the church daily. I think we ought to start believing for every day, someone, because of somebody at Cornerstone Word of Life Church, somebody's getting born again. Somebody's coming back to God. Hallelujah. So let me give you these aspects, and then we're going to pray, I think, in a minute here. Um, Acts one fourteen, it says, they all continued. They all continued. So th- Talking about prayer, I want to give you some aspects of the book of Acts about prayer. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So they all continued. So it's continual. One of the things we've always done at this church is we continue to have prayer. We have it Wednesday at noon. Every day. We've had it for 26 years. I started by myself. And then I invited some people to come, and they start coming. And so we just—we've always had noon prayer on Wednesday. I love noon prayer on Wednesday. We we have Sunday night prayer, where we have different groups. Uh, we have special prayer meetings on the wall. We have different groups, different times. Um, it's important. You you as a person of God, see, this is the thing. You don't have to be called to prayer to pray, and you don't have to be a woman. You can be a man. <laughs> Men pray. It's not, it's not for women only. In most churches, their prayer groups are women only. That doesn't happen here. You know, I've always tried to lead the way. I told you this before. I love our yearly men's gathering because the Thursday night before, we always pray together. And it's cool to hear about 80 to 100 baritone bass voices lifting up their voice to God together. It's one of the coolest things. I enjoy it just more than I can tell you. I love it. We need to pray. They were in unity and one accord in prayer, supplication. Then it says this in Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Acts 6 4. It says um, they, it's 6-4, but we give ourselves continually to prayer. So the apostles, remember uh, remember when they were doing a lot of the work of the ministry and it was getting too much for them and they weren't able to get. In, and notice what it says. It, um, it we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Prayer was before word. There were word people, but if, if, if someone is word only and they never pray, then you'll never get the meals you were ordained to get. You'll never get the words in due season that you were ordained to have. You'll never get your mail. God has mail for you. He He has mail for you. But you can't get your mail unless the person who's given the word out has had time in prayer. And so it's important. And so it's not just important for people to pray. It's not important just for the apostles to pray or the ministers to pray. In Acts 12, Acts 12. Verse number five, it says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made with, for him without ceasing. So then there's times, yes, when we get in trouble. Aren't you great? See, you need a company of believers. Because if you ever get, I know a lot of times people are so private, they don't want anyone to know what they're going through. Listen, y'all, y'all going, if I need something, y'all going to be the first people to know about it. Because, see, I'm not, I'm not concerned that you're going to make the wrong confession of faith. Because my confession and not your confession about me determines where I am in life. But if I can get you, we've seen it around here. When we get people in corporate prayer, we've, ha- we've had some things happen. Pastor Rhonda, we were, we were praying, and I don't know what exactly, I'm not going to the whole thing, but we were having a prayer meeting one time, and she basically had this encounter that I can't get into, but there was somebody in a, a, a hospital room that um, miraculously got up. The t- details are too much for me to tell you, but it all happened during prayer. Um, I'm just telling you that prayer is very powerful and that these attributes, they continue. They were in unity and one accord. They continued in prayer. They prayed without ceasing. And and some people think, well, you know, like even this, they think, well, um, it was just the will of God for Peter to get out. But, you know, just right above it. And he, he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Well, and he saw that it pleased the Jews, so he put Peter in jail. Peter would not have got out of prison if the church hadn't prayed. Prayer changes stuff. Well, Lord, you know, your will be done. Well, if that's true, then there's really no reason for us to be here. There's no reason for you to pray. There's really no reason for you to do it if it's just all up to God. It's not up to God. That's an extreme belief that just puts everything in God's hands and makes you lazy. You have a part. You have a part. You have a part. It seems as though God can do nothing until somebody prays. I'm not calling you all lazy. I didn't call you lazy. I know you know how to pray. I just want to, oh. I, I, you've got the goods. You've got the word in you. There's people out there that are going to hell. Who are living a backslidden life and it's dangerous. And if we can do what the word of God says to pull them in. To help them, to help them, to help them. I'm talking a lot about Pastor Rhonda, we're going to celebrate her birthday here in just a minute. Got good cupcakes and ice cream, don't go anywhere. But she was at Bible school and the Lord gave her a vision. And she says that this way she saw a, f- a nameless, faceless crowd, is that how you say it? And there's just so many, it overwhelmed her. But the Spirit of God spoke to her and said, I know every one of their names. The people that, you know, what am I trying to do? I'm just saying, if you do your part, God knows every one of them. If you're a parent in this room and you've ever had a child that maybe has gone away from you a stranger. or you know somebody or you watched a Hallmark movie or what uh, are those sad movies all the time. I don't watch them. There's always sad. Somebody dies a lot. And, and so you just don't watch those. But, but the truth is, I mean, if you, you understand that when a parent, I mean, it's, it's hard. That's in the, in the Garden of Eden. God came and he came walking and he came calling. Adam, where are you? That's God's heart today. He just wants us, as we're seated at his right hand, not just above every principality, power, might, and dominion, all that's named, and so that we can rule and reign, but so that we can pick up the heart of the intercessor, Jesus the Christ, and begin to have compassion for that which is lost, that which is undone, that which is unrighteous, that which is unholy, and believe God, and it starts with you and I praying, and then you listen for your part, your part, you may, your, your part may be not going door to door and knocking. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I think nobody would answer hardly. Your part is probably, and don't wear a cornerstone T-shirt if it is your part, to stand on a corner with a megaphone telling everybody they're going to hell. You notice how people do that? Usually it only attacks the girls. If, if some of you may not have been on a college campus, it was always amazing to me how they were always yelling at the girls. Only. Going to hell. The way they looked. I Think they had a problem. Does that work? I don't know. I don't know that works. I'm not asking you to do something. God's not asking you to do something that, um, I'm going to say, out of your comfort zone. But he'll probably ask you to do something out of your comfort zone. But it's relationships and knowing individuals. But starting with just praying for them. Let's pray for them. Let's believe God for them. Everybody can do that. And then as you do that, you're going to touch the heart of God. I can honestly tell you, Pastor Rhonda can tell you this. um, I personally have come a long way, baby, in this. 27, 28 years ago, you'd have never heard this message at Cornerstone Word of Life Church. Because as far as I'm concerned, all people need to hear about is faith and the authority of the believer and how to be blessed and how to be led by the Holy Ghost, which are still my four main topics. But y'all... I wanna make the heart of the Father happy. I wanna make the heart of Father God happy. What makes him happy is when children come home. What's our part? Prayer. Why? Because he said so. What happens? The Lord of the harvest sends laborers into the harvest field. What happens? People get, how how can they hear unless somebody goes? How, how, How can they hear the good news? Unless you put your shoes on, the preparation of the gospel, the peace. You put, well, I'm not a preacher. You're a minister of reconciliation. You've been given a word of reconciliation. i tell you what, you start getting people born again, it's a a habit that the Lord won't make you kick. And it'll, it'll do something for you. You invite people to church and you see them start coming to the altar and then back to the prayer room. It's a habit that you'll just, woo. And then when you're in heaven... I mean, even praying for people—you don't know. Your prayers for someone makes a way, not only here in this area, but who knows where? Glory to God. I just want to encourage you. Let's all let's stand up and pray. Let's stand up and pray. We're not going to take very long, but let's just pray. Again, for the harvest in this area. Let's pray for the lost. Father God, we come boldly before the throne of grace and we thank you for our part, our assignment in the harvest in this area, in this region. Father, we look to you. Uh, You are the Lord of the harvest. You're the husbandman and you're waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. You're waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. You are waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And so Lord, we just ask you to use us as a church to minister to those that are lost, those that are undone. I thank you, Father, that you're energizing and you're charging up this body to go forth into the harvest field as you're bringing people into this community, as you're moving them here from other parts of the nation and other nations to this nation. I believe, Father God, that you're going to use us. So help us give us insight and understanding of how to minister to them, how how to minister to each kind, uh, each person, each uh, group of people. I thank you, Father, that you're giving us insight and understanding of how to help the lost and the backs slidden that are in this area. And then, Father, when they come into this building, I pray that your presence would be so strong, that your anointing would be so strong, that your power would be so strong, just like in the book of Acts they prayed, and your power came, and reverence came, and the power of God came, and that power transforms people. I'm so grateful for the power of God in our lives. Thank you for the power of God that's been made available. Thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. We ask you, Lord, uh, even here, that signs and wonders and miracles would be done in the name of Jesus, that lives would be transformed, not just for the believer, but those that walk in, those that are unbelievers, those that are backslidden, those that are just seeking, those that are just looking, those that are just wondering, even those that come to, to, they're just coming because, um, you know, uh, they're just trying to see what's going on. I thank you, Father God. You are, you are causing, you're causing, you're causing people's lives to be changed by your power. We believe the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will be in this room, will be, will be the quickening power, the making alive power, not only to get them born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, but Father, even heal them before they're saved, even fix their bodies before they repent. Hallelujah. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your Goodness and mercy. You are the Father, the God of all mercies, the God of all kindness. We ask you to display your mercy and kindness in this room among these people. Father, I pray for the people, not only in this room, but the people of this church that I thank you, Father, as believers, as believers, as believers, we're called to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles being wrought in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this room. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for what you're doing in this room. Thank you what you're doing on this campus. Thank you, children, 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 children. I thank you, Father, when children come here, even kicking it back to school, when those children come in and they hear the word of God, some for the first time, I pray they'll be born again. They'll be born again. And from their new birth experience, it'll even affect their parents. I thank you, Father, the teenagers, when they come for kicking it back to school, they'll be born again. They'll not just leave with new tennis shoes, but a new life. Not just new tennis shoes, but a new life not just new tennis shoes, but a new life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you for transformation. Transformation, transformation. I command the prodigals of old. I command the prodigal sons to come home. I command the prodigal sons to come home. Come out of that darkness. Come out of that pig pen. Come out of that in the name of Jesus. Come out of that. Come out of that sin. Come out in Jesus' name. Come back, come back, come back to Father's house. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that we have glue on our hands to pick up the fallen grain. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray in tongues. Um, I'm not going to need somebody to interpret because I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, you can pray in the Spirit. Pray with your understanding. So I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. This doesn't need to interpret If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, join me. Hallelujah. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you just keep praying in English or your known tongue. Hallelujah. It's the day of the recita of the manchcadola. It's the day of the manchriguita. It's the day of the mansa. Dollar. it's the day, it's that day, it's that day, it's that day spoken of, it's that day, the last of days, it's the last of days, the day spoken, the day prophesied of. It's a prevete, it's a kandula, it's a labrata, it's a labrasa, the awakening, the awakening, the awakening, the awakening, awake, awake unto righteousness, awake unto righteousness. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come out of your slumber. I command blinders to come off their eyes. That the God of this world, even even believers, even believers, I command the blinders to come off your eyes. The God of this world is blinding you. I command it to come off in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Think right. Think right. Think right. Think right. Think right. Ha, ah, ha, ha. You're born again. You're born again. You have the mind of Christ. Let that mind come up. Let that mind come up. Let that mind come up. I take authority over the weapons formed against you. He's karate, In the day of the Ha, ha. Hallelujah, Father. We're in unity and one accord in this place, and we call the harvest in. We call the harvest in. We'll go get it, and it it'll come in. We'll go get it, and it'll come in. We'll go get it, we'll, we'll go get it. <laughs> rescue operations. Rescue operation. Rescue operation. Rescue operations. Rescue operations. Rescue, 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 rescue. Rescue, rescue, rescue. Operations rescue. Operation rescue. Bringing them out of darkness into light. Bring them out of darkness into light. Come out of the prison house. Come out, come out, come out. In the name of Jesus, be free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, yeah, 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 pray that way, hallelujah, a lot of times people are backslidden because uh, they've been hurt, a lot of times people don't come to church because some preacher did them wrong, and you know, I would love to stand up here and tell you that we've been perfect, but that's not true, Uh, sometimes people get hurt, Uh, sometimes church people hurt one another, uh, sometimes just things happen, and so what just popped up in my heart is uh, you know when Jesus pulled uh, from uh, preaching from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointing me to preach the good news. To one well, of the first thing he said is heal the brokenhearted. The is bashaya, is mastuche is bagrange, nostolo brefete stafangi. Chastolo Brasia, there's a pangi in the days Chapai is a sutura bonte. So there's so many that walk in this world in darkness, but the pain in their soul led them through that door. Now you must go bringing the healing balm to their heart, to their soul, and watch me work in them, and they'll come out of the darkness, out of the sadness. Out of the depression, into the glorious light. Hallelujah! So let's pray. That's the Holy Ghost. In case you're new, that's a tongue and interpretation. Is a little different. Than what I was doing before is just prayed in tongues, but that was a tongue and interpretation according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah! So um, let's pray for the brokenhearted, Father. So many people, so hurt. This thing, that thing, church, preachers, parents, former church members, just so many things. And the devil instigated the hurt. And they took an offense. And their heart is hurt. Their heart is hurt. So Jesus, you are the mender. You are the mender of a broken heart. You are a mender of a broken heart. And so we ask you, Father, to use Cornerstone Word of Life Church members as ministers of reconciliation with a primary reach of of mending broken hearts, mending that which is bruised, mending that which is hurt. I thank you for it. Yeah, I remember that. Hallelujah. Wow, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, um, when I, I'm a, we're going we're gonna to sing happy birthday to Pastor Rhonda, and then we're going to have some cake and ice cream, cupcakes and ice cream. Um, and I tried to make this short, but it is what it is, and it's summertime, and you ain't got nowhere to go. Anyway, so um, the, guy, the pastor I was serving before I moved down here, uh, Brother Knight, Pastor Knight, Um, really moves a lot in the office of the prophet when he was um, on on the road. and He used to come here a lot. But when I first um, uh, was coming down here to pastor, he prophesied to me and he said, your church will be like a spiritual hospital. And those that are, you know, basically he was saying those that have been hurt will come and get mended. The only problem with the hospital is sometimes the hospital can get a little messy. And different people have different kind of emergencies. But I look around now and see, look, I got a lot of physicians. Now, I'm not talking about during the service, you going around ministering to one another. I'm just talking about that after 20 some odd years, we've trained up some people to know the word and... When people come in here or you meet people or you know people, you've got the word. But, see, if you, if you look at somebody, um, you've got to know, how you doing? And they say, I'm great. You ought to be able to know, Lord, if they're not great, give me something. Help me to help them, pull them out. I don't know about you, but I've lied. You know, that's just, a, how are you doing? Great. And then for Christians, praise the Lord, all is well. <laughs> glory. Throw a glory in there. That'll put them off their track. Glory. I told you about one time I was a mess, and I had three spiritual mamas in two days called me, and I lied to each and every one of them. Not proud of it, but I'm just telling you, you can't go by what people say. People's hearts have been broken. People are hurting. And in this hour that we live in, uh, the devil is festering the wounds, if you will, poking the wounds, poking the bruise. And so our job is to be a minister of reconciliation, a prayer, and a mender. With a, you can't mend anybody's soul, but the words God gives you, you can have a word in due season. You can have the right word at the right time. You're anointed. You can lay hands on them. The power of God can go in. Listen, if, if the Lord can physically heal somebody, he can also, with the anointing, go into someone's soul and break them free. Amen. Amen. Now you got to get them in the Word so they can continue, so they can be free indeed. Amen. But sometimes what I've learned in doing this for a while is sometimes you got to break it off of them first so that the Word can go into them. Sometimes when you see on Sunday mornings where the Spirit of God is moving, we do an altar call before the Word. A lot of times for those people, it's so they can get everything they need to get out of the sermon. It gets rid of that barrier. Amen.